This episode is brought to you by Sound Mixology. If you're looking for mixing or mastering services, I personally know a great audio engineer. Head over to soundmixology.com where you can easily request free samples or services. Use promo code BACKONBEAT for 20% off. That's B-A-C-K-O-N-B-E-A-T for 20% off. Let's start the show. The Roundtable is back. We got a part one and part two segment. I hope you stick around for this. You're listening to the Back on Beat Podcast. Producer and strategy coach Gerald Purify will help you evaluate your current situation and help you build strategies for the changes needed as a musicpreneur. Designed to help you build a clear plan, help you focus on what's important, and overall, explore the tools you need for success. Let's get back on beat. What's going on? Thank you for tuning into this episode of Back on Beat. Today's episode... I brought the round table back. So we have Michael Vigna from Carbon City Lights, Aaron Montgomery from Aaron and the Earthquakes, and Dante Marsh from Dante Marsh and the Vibe Setters. Today's topic, we'll be talking about how to create other forms of value when you feel like you're not getting paid what you deserve. I'm excited about this. Let's get into it. All right, guys, um, we can get right into this. So basically, I mean, I like to think that you guys do the same thing, but maybe you don't. But I I usually listen to everything that I do, like over and over and over again, whether it be playing drums, singing, and now my podcast. Right, right. Can you guys experience that? Um, Recorded two more songs yesterday. And I've probably heard them. Thank you. I'm going to send them to you, actually. But I've probably listened to the songs that I recorded yesterday 60 times already. Okay, yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. So I'm not alone. Okay. No, not at all. So in episode two, when we were talking about mistakes, Aaron had said a comment on Mm -hmm. not being taken advantage of. So basically, you were saying that, like, there has to be some form of value you have to get out of this. So... I wanted to explore that idea a little bit Mm -hmm. for those coming on trying to do music or even those maybe that are coming back to try to do music or those that are in music. Because even in the times that we're in right now, it's it's very shaky and it's not necessarily guaranteed that what Mm -hmm. we were able to make at a gig, you know, four months ago, what we're going to make now. Right, right. So even when things open up, does that mean that Music takes a dive altogether because now we're not getting a monetary value out of it. Or are there other things that we can explore that can create value for us so that the music community and the scene, you know, stays alive? I mean, that's that's tough because it's this is all I mean, the particular situation that we're in now is all brand new to everybody, you know. Nobody is making the I mean, here we are at the peak 
of our season right now and everybody is not doing anything. Right. <laughs> so moving forward, the determination that I have made in order to help supplement, because I think at a certain degree, a venue has to understand that they will have a much better draw. Whether or not they advertise the musician, they will have a much better draw just simply having music. So Mm -hmm. they already are going to see a 20 to 30% increase in their foot traffic, in their headcount, in their patronage. So if I can assume that a mid-sized winery probably takes in on average on a regular day at minimum $1,500 between wine tasting sales and wine bottle sales, then I really should be seeing 20 to 30% of that over as their overhead to have me out to increase that foot traffic. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is that is probably not going to be a reality of life for a while. And so I am going to continue to stream my live shows at venues with the option to donate, Mm -hmm. with the option to Venmo. So then I'm kind of tag teaming it on two different areas. I, I think that streaming actually opened up an enormous opportunity for musicians because if we can even have the streaming effect, I mean, on quarantine, on lockdown, there was no audience, but if you could even be watching a live show and hearing the audience, now you're even amping that individual from their device going, Oh my gosh, this is such a great show. People are having a good time. I, I think that there can be even a, a better experience, experience for the musician is now you're growing your fan base instead right, right. Okay, of so, necessarily feeding the venue. So, so now that is one of the options of being able to create value for yourself when you don't feel like you're getting it in another form at the venue. So before we, before we get into that, though, I want to get Dante and Mike's take on <laughs> Phil as valued at the venue, or how do you guys go about that? Um, I've thought about that a lot. Obviously, we, we all deal with that. But um, overall, I would say I look at my shows with the band as like, you know, a two-way street when I'm working with venues. And I definitely always think like I weigh out the cost versus the benefit. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, like we've all taken gigs where the, maybe the pay is not where you want it to be. And, it, you know, it's not always a financial benefit. And sometimes you're building relationships with musicians and bookers uh, and obviously um, building your exposure, you know, to fans. But um, I, I don't like to be um, just do whatever the venue wants. I want it to be like, OK, the band is interested, you know, like. Um, I want to do what we, you know, what we love to do. I, I care about building my set list, being very diverse, for example, is like an example. 
And I know sometimes venues want like the whole set to be, you know, like upbeat and dancey, or they want you to play three hour gigs. Personally, I'm, I'm not a fan of three hour gigs. I've done a lot of them, but I, I'm, I don't really love that so much. So I pick and choose those three hour gigs personally. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I just like, I, I care about having a really honest and respectful and fair transaction between the band and venue so you know i've only been playing on the central coast for a few years but i've learned a lot about which venues tend to appreciate you more or understand the value of what you know what you can bring based on what you offer um so yeah i just feel like i have to care about what i love and what the band wants and then i still really do sincerely care about what the venue wants i know you know for them it certain things matter And sometimes if it just doesn't work out, it's okay. You know, like you keep it, you can, you can keep it professional. And for the most part, we ha I haven't really had many issues, but I think about that stuff. I can agree with that um, and relate to a lot of that. Um, like, like we're saying, we don't always get, um, you know, the money that we deserve or, or want or, you know, feel we should get for doing gigs. But um, it is good to, you know, think about the music first. Um, and if we can go somewhere and have a good set as a band, like say nobody was say nobody was there, but we looked at each other and we were like, that was awesome. You know, like that's a plus for me because now we've grown together as a unit. So that's important for me, you know, how, how the music feels between us. Um, there's always somebody new that hasn't heard you. It can be tough when it's like not a lot of people there, but, you know, maybe that one person is there that is loving yeah. it. So, you know, you're building your fan base. Um, or there's not a lot of people there and you're kind of like dragging your feet through the set and, you know, we're not having a good time, but maybe somebody books us for that wedding, you know, like somebody sees us there and they book us for that next like wedding or next big show or something that, um, so there's, there's always little like silver linings. Um, we don't always necessarily see them or, or feel it, but, um, it's, you know, just kind of try to keep your head up and keep, keep pushing. There's. There's, when you do good and putting out, you know, music for people, putting out music is like for people to enjoy, I think is one of the most beautiful things that, you know, people can do because it's, it's for us, but it's for so many other people as well, too. And we bring a lot of joy to a lot of people's lives. And um, you never know how much you're really impacting someone that could be having a bad day or something. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Dealing with us four, we've all been doing this for a good number of years you know mm -hmm. we built our fan base we have made our name known in the community and surrounding areas mm -hmm. so we're on a, li a little bit of well not a little a lot of a different playing field than maybe the person that is just starting out you know and so basically i wanted to just encourage that person and think about some ways that you can look at it so maybe thinking about it as like an internship. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you just take anything and everything because right, right. even myself, there are certain times where it's okay, but there are other times when, oh, I better bring something home. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but where can you get value out of this gig when they're not paying for that person that is just starting out, that doesn't have a name for themselves? Um, I want to mention something that Dante said that it really, really, I think is really important. Um, caring about the music first, I think probably would be if somebody was just starting out, that's probably what I would 
um, you know, stress the most. Focus on. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's playing the long game and it's being sincere and the venue, the fans, everyone are going to, the people in the crowd are going to see that. And it's going to take you to where you want to be eventually, you know, rather than just mm -hmm. caring about what you get, the benefits you're getting right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's important. And as well as um, what Aaron was saying is, you know, she putting in those hours, you know, to be where we are now, you know, yeah. like we've put in a lot of time to be where we are now and to ask a certain amount of, you know, money or whatever from these venues. When you're first starting out, like you said, you, you're not necessarily going to get that. Nobody knows who you are. But you are putting in, you might not be getting a lot at this venue, but like I, when I first got started, I was thinking of it as like paid practice, you know, like yeah. it's not, it's not really a lot, but I'm not in my living room, you know, doing it by myself. I am right. getting to practice in front of people. Um, I would say that's probably the one thing that I really took away from playing in a lot of rooms where people don't care that much or rooms that aren't set up for music, you know, where I have to work really, really hard to get them to listen to me um is i got to practice in front of people just from all over the place and just practice in front of different people and see what works and what doesn't i think there so i i feel like i want to make it clear that the reason why i practice is because i care about the music so much right right <laughs> like right, right. Is, of is, course that is where the hours come from because if i didn't care i wouldn't <laughs> And I'm sure that's with everybody. I'm sure that's with yeah, everybody. Yeah. I, I, I don't play tennis because I don't care. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, I think analogy. also like what you said earlier too about the equipment and the time it takes to come and like after the gig, that's so much time. And mm -hmm. obviously when you love music, it's worth it. But yeah, like sometimes maybe venues don't fully see that. Maybe they do, but um, some do, some don't. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty... I would say... I feel like by and large venues pay you for the time that you're playing music. That's, that's when their pay clock stops and starts. Yeah. Right. right. I agree. So as a first timer or a newbie, if you will, I hope it, nobody's offended by <laughs> name because you really are. And it is, it is a tremendous learning curve to the young uh, grasshopper. I it's exactly. <laughs> And I would say, young grasshopper, be bold. Yeah. Be bold. Walk mm -hmm. into a venue and let them know who you are, what you want to do, and then mm -hmm. tell them, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fresh. I'm a fresh voice. I'm a fresh face. What can you offer me? Um, I think one of the other things that has counted a benefit, truth be told, uh, in my working life, I'm primarily sales. I've done, I, I, here we are 23 years and I've done sales and customer service. And so not only will I walk into a venue and ask, what is it that you, you know, where, we're not, what can you do? It's more like, where can we start the negotiation? Yeah. <laughs> so, and in the beginning, uh, I don't know if anybody remembers Alex's barbecue. I do. Oh, my goodness. That's where dive bars go to die. But <laughs> <laughs> I've heard interesting things about it. Never been. <laughs> so that was seriously one of my very, very, very first places I ever played. And I walked in and I told them, 
I said, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I will play for an hour. I'm going to give you an hour. I'm going to give you an hour for free. And you tell me what it is you think. And if you like what it is that we could do that, that I do, then let's talk about what it is that we can do about something maybe a little more regular. So where exactly what I did at one of my first gigs. Yeah. And so and, what you and do, so I was like, I'll go do. Yeah. 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 And so you don't necessarily need to play for money. You may need to play for residents. And right. that was how I negotiated. Uh, I mean, every place that I used to play is now closed, but, <laughs> but that's, you know, that was how I walked in. It was just like, Hey, you don't know me and your crowd's not going to know me, but I have a feeling that this could be the start of something really great. And let's mm -hmm. see what it is that you think. And so I actually held residency at four different locations simultaneously for almost three years uh, where I and I had regular work because of that. Mm -hmm. I played Tuesday nights at Alex's. I played Wednesday nights at Gather. I played Thursday and every other Friday or Saturday at Vino Versado. And it was residency. And then that having residency and having a singular place that people know they can go to come and see you on a regular time mm -hmm. helped build my fan base. That mm -hmm. was what helped me build my brand. Aaron Montgomery is going to be at this same place at this same time on every day of the week and I can go. Where the catch is, is that's a great strategy when you're starting out. Once you start right. getting that fan base, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot because you oversaturate. 100%. <laughs> so for someone starting out, I would say negotiate for residency, maybe not necessarily pay in the beginning. Uh, but yeah, that, but that, that translate is, that translates to I mean, that can translate to pay like, you know, uh, I walked into blast tap room when I first moved to slow. And they said they had an open mic. There was no open mic. The guy that ran the place was like, I don't even know what an open mic is. And I was like, well, I know how to run one and I can come play for a little bit. But I came back and play for free for an hour he loved me and i played there for the next two years yep um start i started to slow down a bit when i got the band together because like you said you oversaturate yourself but yep. people could come and see me at the same place and yeah you build your brand mm -hmm. you get more work um there's another thing that i want to say to young artists that are just starting um as advice um like aaron said be bold um but believe in yourself like yeah. believe in what you're doing and um, and why you're doing it. Um, a lot of people are going to tell you no. Some people are even going to tell you that it sucks, but it doesn't matter because there's going to be other people that like it. So always believe in yourself and stay encouraged. And when you are negotiating prices, ask for more than you think that you should get. Because a lot of times you will undershoot what people will actually give you. Not all the time, but a lot of times you will. Nailed it. You, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Ask, I, ask for I, more. I def, I definitely agree. I just, I, I don't want to paint a fantasy picture because it's not easy. You know, there's you're gonna hear a lot of no's before you hear some yeses. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you got so, you got to be built for this game. As, as, <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. But along with being bold, you know, first impressions do go a long way. Okay. Let me add that. So be humble as well. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 proceed. Yeah, kind no, of. definitely that. But if you can be realistically bold, okay, yeah. I got. 
Here's, here's an example. Work. I'm remembering something that I did way back in the day. Um, I was invited to do residency at a wine bar on my Wednesday nights, and she was starting out. She just opened the doors and was just like, you know, I, I honestly don't, I don't even know what the going rate for a musician is. I don't know what it is. It's appropriate to pay you, but I can tell you that it's not going to be a lot coming from me. Uh, is this still something you're interested in? So little backstory. Um, I was a single mom at that time. And this was like my side hustle to make sure that I could keep me and my child afloat. And so the Wednesday nights that I was playing for her, what I, she had a kitchen in the back and I was just like, Hey, you know, if I can even just get a meal on the house, get some wine on the house, you know, we'll, we'll work it out and we'll figure out what we can do and maybe see if we can't maximize the tip jar somehow. So she got in the habit of coming up mid show and addressing her patrons and saying, hey, this woman is up here working and the house is not necessarily going to be the most fortuitous for her. So if you like what it is that you're hearing, please give your grace. Right. In the right. tip. And whenever a business owner has done that, I will see a 50 to 75% increase. 100%. In yeah. So I, I think that as far as value and payment and all of those things go, you really got to be creative. There's a multitude of ways to make a buck when you're playing music live. And it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. all have to come from the house. Going to what Dante was saying about believing in what it is that you do, it's contagious. It really is. If you walk in and, and you are telling that venue or when you perform and you are telling that venue, my heart and soul is here. And this, I'm, I'm giving it to you. This is my gift. Thank you for tuning into this episode. This is part one and we will have part two. So make sure you tune in next week. If you are open for sharing your thoughts, collaborations, or ideas, you can contact me at GeraldPurify.com. I look forward to sharing with you next week. Remember, victory loves preparation. Imagining I never growing old walking the streets paved with gold. Yeah. Imagine a world of no pain and no destruction, no tears or sorrow. People thinking that there's no hope for tomorrow. Imagine your life fulfilled with everything you want And still you find contentment in the things that are real.